What's up, guys? Our Wrestling Podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Jess the Total Package, Craig the British Bulldog, and Joe and Kuzarov this week bringing you our perspective on the Are world. Are they, though? Are they, though? <laughs> They're having fun. They're having fun. Of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. Can someone feed me this wonderful topic? Dave, it's so, June. It is June. It's summer. It's beautiful outside. And uh, June was also the month that they held uh, the WWE-produced ECW One Night Stand 2005. Uh, four and a half years after ECW went out of business and was bought, and the rights were bought by Vince, uh, they hired Paul Heyman, and uh, some ECW stars actually made it on the main roster during that time, during the Invasion Angle, and after that. And then, uh, but out of nowhere, um, they made a DVD. Of the uh, uh, the rise, I think it's called the rise and fall of the rise, the rise and fall of CW. And uh, I guess that DVD outperformed every other DVD that year. And so RVD of all people kept getting in Vince's ear, going like, "Let's do an ECW reunion. Let's do an ECW reunion." And Vince is like, "Da da da And then finally, like Vince is like, he saw the sales of the DVD, and he's like, "Let's talk about this." And so of course, <laughs> Paul Heyman's like, "Yeah, like I already work here. I'm gonna fuck it. Let's do it." Like. Let's get this done. So this was the... It wouldn't happen until a year later when they would bring it back on Sci-Fi, that terrible version of ECW that we all know was awful. Um, but uh, but back same. here in 2005, this was a legit reunion show. Uh, I don't want to talk too much because we have a lot of matches to cover and stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is probably one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. I'm going to bring you back in. But for audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast. Or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you do us a solid and give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. Craig, I know we're not going to talk about it today too much, but you can say without ECW, there's no Stone Cold. I mean, right? No, it was a, it was a, uh, a saving grace and a place for uh, people that would be superstars to breathe Cast a little away. bit and to take a breather and to find themselves and find Which their gimmicks and find their voice them find themselves yeah. fully uh, stone cold. I mean, the amount of people that went through that factory. Shane Douglas, there's oh a, my God. Shane, there's a story that says even when Rob Van Dam was pitching it, he showed a list of names that are currently contracted talent in WWE that used to be in ECW and Vince was completely floored. He's like, I had no idea. So that just shows what Vince, A, didn't care about his competition, never watched, hey, give me a tape, never really watched uh, his competition, didn't really know what was going on. And he was so amazed at these, with the people that all passed through ECW. So for him, yeah. it was purely a financial decision between We've the DVD. We've done in our archives that we did do a legacy of ECW. And, you know, I don't know if we even talked enough about, yeah, like there's the ECW originals. Uh, sure. There's also the guys that passed through. But there was a lot of guys that got caught, like Terry Funk. Um, there was really nothing left for him on either WCW or WWF. Yeah, they'd bring him in and they'd, oh, he's part of the Funk family. And, you know, we well, all knew Paul who Terry Heyman's Funk like, was. Paul Heyman's like, come on down. But the, yeah, but Paul Heyman's like, no, I'll put you in my main events and shit. Like, I'll put you, because he's crazy. 
And so he would just do a bunch of crazy shit, like, in his old age. And, like, Funk, Shane Douglas, never fit in in WCW or WWE. Was this, in is both. Where, was this, this is where yeah. he really made it. And yeah. both, both those names actually performed in a ECW reunion show two days before this at the old ECW Arena Hardcore Heaven and, and did not participate in Which this. Which is amazing. If you look at all the talent here, there still was talent that wasn't on the show. Funk yeah. and Douglas, two of them that stick yeah, out the most. The TNA talent didn't get to they go. They were in so the highlights, Raven, though. They were in the highlight yeah, room for sure. Raven and uh, Raven, that's yeah, right. Raven, and they didn't Raven. even show any video packages. I think they showed a little bit of video packages of Raven, but but uh, yeah, Raven was a huge part um, of them. He just wow. So that's how big ECW was. They had a three-hour pay-per-view, and those three names: Terry Funk, Shane Douglas, and Raven, who were absolutely all three major parts of ECW when it was a thing. Like, we're not on the show, but we had all these other. It's amazing. Like, it's amazing. Then you had the subgenre of people that we knew when they went to the cruiserweight division in WCW. That yeah, was uh, kind of, kind of uh, not not here. so much Benoit, but Benoit um, Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Ray Mysterio, Psychosis, Psychosis uh, like all those guys, super crazy. Um, all those guys, like uh, super crazy, was really more of an ECW mainstay. But uh, but like those guys, we end up seeing yeah. spilling out. They they were the wrestling part. People, oh, ECW was just a bunch of shit and chairs and tables. I was not like, true. no, not true, not true at all. Yeah. Uh, let's jump right in. June 12th of 2005 at the Hammerstein Ballroom, infamous in New York City. Apparently, according to JBL, you know, Madison Square Garden is like two blocks away. Um, the attendance was 2,500 people because that's all it can hold. <laughs> Our commentators yeah. are Joey Styles and Mick Foley, along with uh, interviewer uh, Joel Gartner and ring announcers uh, Stefan DeAngelis and Bob Artis. Just want to get that out there, you know, give them a shout out. We don't really hear from them anymore, but Joey Styles is amazing. Uh, Mick Foley was a little, left a little to be desired at some points, but um, he had some fun in there. Uh, Jess, did you want to talk about the current champions in WWE? Because I know WWE is obviously well. No, WWE was now. dead. It was four yeah, and a half years dead at this point. Yep. Um, one, one promotion here, basically. <clears throat> Joey Styles comes out at the very beginning and uh, gets the crowd super pumped up as always. And he says the infamous words, oh, my God. And he's kind of almost teared up because of the reunion. He's actually very thankful to uh, WWE to uh, bring this reunion on. And uh, it's a cool moment in the very beginning of the pay-per-view. Let's jump right into match number one. This is Lance Storm defeating Chris Jericho in a singles match. And I have to apologize in advance. Everything that I see for these matches are always, you know, so many minutes and zero seconds. Like somebody just got a little lazy here with the time. So I apologize. Just if you have better time frames, let me know. Um, But it says seven (laughs) minutes flat. I give it a B plus. Um, I've said it so many times before. Lance Storm has one of the best drop kicks in the business. It's absolutely incredible. Um, If you look behind me, Look at the springboard elbow that Jericho is giving Lance Storm right now. Um, this match, I mean, in B-plus, you guys might might even say I'm crazy. It should be higher. But after a furious five minutes of great wrestling and high impact, Lance's team, um, you know, and all his underlings all interfere to let um, let them all storm in and steal one. Um, and he gets that pin. But I, I, I enjoyed the match. B-plus.
your last match. Man, Joey, I went up to Lance Storm before the match. It's an honor to be here for what could be your last match. I don't know if I feel that same way. That's not the way you win. Somebody yeah, I, I give it a B plus also. A lot of like history in this match, too. It was supposed to be Lance Storm and Chris Candido. Chris Candido died a month or so prior to this. Oh, this is also, uh, I don't so know if Jericho it was. So Jericho came in at the last minute? I didn't know that. I think I don't know when it was actually decided or what, what the card was final, but I think <clears> it was been determined that it was going to be Lance, Lance and, and Candido. Um, and I think that, that it, they kept saying this was Lance Storm's final match, whether it was his final final. I'm not sure. I don't think so, right? But um, they kept teasing that. And then he like, wrestling like he could wrestle for years to come. <laughs> Jericho, um, upper card guy, comes out in a Lionheart jacket and looks at the lights for, this, for, for Lance Storm in this one too. So... Pretty special kind of opener in in only seven minutes. A lot of action placed in it. it was really Would good. you also say he even put on some Candino moves to kind of pay tribute? From my understanding. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Jess, what do you got? Uh, I give it an A minus. Um, hey. I thought that I, because Jericho was so goddamn unselfish here. By the way, That's Jericho true. main evented SummerSlam against John Cena just a couple months after this pay per view. And uh, but he looked at the lights for Lance Storm, who was not doing anything in American wrestling at this. He was training. He he was running a school. But um, sure. I mean, uh, you know, the, that really shows you that Vince had no say. That Paul Heyman and and Chris, you know was listening to the talent, and Chris was like, "No, he's pinning me." Uh, Joey talks about the impending invaders from SmackDown and Raw. They're going to come in shortly. They bought the tickets up in the balcony seats, and ECW remembers passed on ECW wrestlers. Kind of gets choked up. You see Candido. By the way, you see a this lot lasted of an hour. By the way, because it was the, it was a lot of people that passed. On. A lot of people. A lot of people have died. Yeah, it's not not good. Um, so, but uh, you know, go back and watch it. It's got some good stuff to Candido, and I think the crowd pretty much is chanting Candido all the way to the start of match number two, which is super crazy. Um, defeating little Guido, but not really defeating. You know, with Tajiri, he basically defeats little Guido and Tajiri in a three-way dance in six it was, minutes. Yeah, ECW rules for a three-way dance is it's an elimination, so it's not yeah. a triple threat. It's a three-way dance, meaning it was Tajiri versus Little Guido versus Super Crazy, but if someone takes a pinfall, they're just eliminated, and then the last two guys last fight two until mm-hmm. whoever yeah. wins. Which they could have done a better job of explaining that, but that's okay. I mean, No, Joey Styles was are... super clear. Joey Styles was super clear in the beginning about it. He was like, this is not like a WWF. Yeah. He was yeah. like, this is not like... I, I almost copied him verbatim. That's how I was... That's nice. why I have that information because he then said I, like this I is not like a. Du- I, I he almost like jabbed at WWF. He's like, this is not like a WWE triple threat. This is a three way dance ECW style. So I was like, oh, yeah, right. yeah. And, and then they all that. came out with their corners. The, the whole of FBI came out. Yes, um, dude, FBI. The pop they got, I just smiled. Yeah, they like, love it so good. They love like them. yeah, yeah. And um, I, Tracy I Smothers the- FBI. Tracy Smothers <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Rest in peace, my God. Southern boy. Trust Tracy Smothers. I, so good. I give I give the match a B, and I'll tell you why. I felt like Guido, in my opinion, is almost an afterthought here, and it could have been better in one of two ways. Either you take Guido out of this match entirely, or you actually make him a little bit more of a realistic guy, like I, he can actually hurt you because Guido is talented, right? Little Guido is good. I know he's small, yeah. but he's good.
I gave it. I, I I gave it a. I gave it a B plus. Um, okay. The a fucking super crazy long. got a goddamn balcony dive in on there, which was yes. I forgot all about that, and I was like, oh my god. And uh, yeah. the, I thought the I sequence getting little Guido out of there was good. I mean, you got to see Mikey Wimbrek. You got to see a lot of people come in there and get their pops and their spots. And yeah. that's all it was about. Somebody had to get eliminated. Uh, and then, of course, I wanted Super Crazy and Tajiri to be the last two in there. And they didn't let me down. It was fast. It was snug. It was quick. Nobody fucked up at all. Even though at one point the crowd chanted, you fucked up, like to Super Crazy. And no, I was like, I, saw, I don't think I he did. I, like, he, he, he didn't reset real quick. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't. Yeah, like, didn't he, he kicked him in the chant. stomach or something. And then they both, like, kneeled down and, like, yeah. sort of looked at each other. Like, and then, and then they went. ECW gets nostalgic and looks at some, you know, past matches and moments. It's uh, pretty incredible. The highlights, uh, to Jess's point, we talked about this earlier, are amazing. You can watch the highlights all day. Um, but I wanted to get into the real matches where we go into number three. Rey Mysterio defeats a non-mass psychosis in an extreme rules match in a six-minute set. Uh, this is, for me, this is a high grade. A all the way. High impact maneuvers. They were dead on. Literally putting their lives in the line here. Bring this up. is um actually this match is very debated, uh, has oh. been for years. I recognize this match as the it, it they turned on Ray big time for some odd reason. In I don't match? know why. Uh, yes, for some oh. odd reason the ECW crowd is very very sensitive if you overplay your WWE gimmick coming in here. And there was, because obviously a lot, half this roster was currently signed with WWE. That's just the way the crowd was. When Rey Mysterio came out to 619, the fact that he did not come out to his old ECW thing, if you listen, nobody fucking cheered when Mysterio came out. And I was very aware of that in 2005 when I saw this live. I was like, they don't like him right now. They booed the 619 because they can't fucking stand his WWF moveset for some reason. I don't know what it is. From this moment on, I kind of felt the wrestling audience in general pulled back from him. When when he comes out now, Rey Mysterio should get a, a seven-minute standing ovation every time he comes out. Because to me, <laughs> yeah. he's a legend. I don't think there's any deba yeah. de debate that. But he's not. The crowd is fucking... We've seen him live, even at WrestleMania. Again, again, and yes, the crowd Greg, was quiet. They're, over, like, they're overmarked, bro. They're overmarked. I don't it's, know about that. Something that no. Mysterio has done over it the past matter. decade or so. Like, the, like they uh, want to control did, the whole I don't know thing. what. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't have an answer. I'm just saying, for some reason, the wrestling crowd has been not kind to him over the past decade, and I don't know why. I they were really they were why. relentless. This was their night. Uh, they the were first mad time in three years. Psychosis didn't have his mask on. There's, they were very. They literally bothered. said, "Put your so mask on." There's only 2,500 of them, and this is their revenge to shit on everything that yeah. happened to them, and they want everything perfect. And Mick if you're going to try and Mick Foley had the perfect up. line, and it just showed me how smart Mick was here because he felt it. Mick said uh, he nailed it. There are fans here that have their likes and dislikes, and that's why I did not bring Mr. Sacco tonight. <laughs> and I was like, he's right. 619. And he's got three minutes on nights and weekends.
it's so crazy, but I give it, I I give it a B minus. I, I give it a B minus, not because the crowd turned on him. I give it a B minus because I know for a fact that I've seen these guys in WCW in Mexico. You've seen absolutely. Matches. They wrestled like five uh, times. They wrestled the hundreds of times. This is yeah. not one of their best, but and I think because I think they were thrown by the reaction, as yeah. you would be if you're psychosis and you're trying to give a uh, a nod of respect by. Taking your, coming to the ring in the mask and taking it off, which is a respectful move, and then you get booed, and then Ray gets booed, you're already off on the wrong foot. And then yeah. I think you just, you miss some chemistry and some clicks there, and then it's a bit clunky. But even with all that said, still a B, still a great seven, eight minutes or whatever, and they still kill each other out there. Like, like I don't know what it was. As soon as Rey Mysterio's WWE music hit, I heard the crowd go, oh, like they were so pissed. Like, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Who's this like, fucking guy? Yeah. Um, Kurt Angle basically brings in the cavalry, and Joey Styles says, can you run anything so we don't have to see them? Because, yeah, there's a lot to unpack, and I'll be very, I'll, I'll be very, very brief. You guys, would, you guys would do more justice. This segment I wasn't, I wasn't from down. the beginning of the um, SmackDown guys in JBL and Kurt Angle, uh, it's, 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 we shouldn't gloss over the heat that they received with these promos and... Bischoff himself said in um, 83 weeks how he did feel. It, it's palpable heat. He said anyone could have punched us on the way because they walked through the crowd up into the balcony I seats. I thought they were going to. Yeah. And well, someone threw a beer on Bischoff um, yeah. right in his yeah. face. So and the, the and uh, Edge is uh, later on is lucky to just ignore like the middle fingers right in his face and everyone like they're so Edge, dude the heat on Edge was fucking crazy too. So just the interviews that and I you have to go that. back and kind of watch it in this crowd and it's only twenty five hundred people this in, this intimate space Hammerstein Ballroom just mm. chanting uh yeah horrible things uh to JBL but the promos that JBL and Kurt Angle cut are fantastic and just make the heat even worse and then that just segues into rvd coming out an incredible promo bum leg speaking from his heart and then that uh, attack by rhino when he's stomping on the leg that injured leg that he has lights out lights up sabu crowd goes ape banana and then um And then if you like Sabu, you just love this. It's just brutality. And then it ends up really just being Rob Van Dam and kind of Sabu over on Rhino in the best shape Putting of his Rhino life. Away. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it was fantastic. Uh, it really was a, a lot of fun beginning to end. And then this goes into, the, I think, the Raw guys coming out too. But there's a lot That's in great. this 10, 15-minute stretch, which might be like kind of introduces the second half of the show and it, it just this hostility yeah. in this crowd yeah, in my mind i graded all of this as one because yeah. i felt it flew flowed yes. into itself oh i didn't do that i agree uh, because i just rvd connected and all that stuff so i gave it a b because um it, this if is you're just grading all that together i agree with you i was uh, but the whole time i was like this is what paul Heyman's good at you know he when yeah. the lights came up and sabu was in the ring i was like nothing will be designed to show any weakness on sabu's part 
So anything that Sabu can nail, he will nail here. And he did. And Rhino was great in selling and also being a beast at the same time. You forget and, how uh, great Rhino is, too. Yeah. yeah, like it just it all worked. And this is what Paul Heyman was good at. He hid their negatives and he accentuated their positives. He was so good at it. Match number five, because like I said, Raw shows up. They don't really get a chance to speak yet. And Benoit is telling them, like, you know, come on, shut up. This is going to happen right now. So they, they give Benoit and Eddie Guerrero their due. Benoit defeats Eddie Guerrero in a singles match in 11 minutes. It's an A. That is all I have to say about it. Go back and watch it. Um, it's And I, what I want to say, if you guys want to try to jump off this plank a little bit, we believe that this is the last pay-per-view match between Eddie and Chris before Eddie passes on come about five months later. I don't November. think it's the last pay-per-view match. I think it's their last match, period. No, I'm sorry, the last so, match yeah. together. I'm sorry, yeah. the last match they had together. Because they had plenty of matches together in pay-per-views. Yeah, this before is their here. last match. Yes. Uh, I gave this... Uh, God, I was struggling with... Uh, like an A- or a B plus. Um and only because of the fact that like it it got buried by a lot of the but this was the portion of the show we've talked about it throughout this review that Paul Heyman booked this every bit of this was like a little bit of what ECW offered during its time during yeah. its run and this represented that time in 1995 where you had Guerrero and Malenko and Benoit and Benoit was the one who threw Sabu on his head by the way and broke his neck in that clip and uh, you had like these serious wrestlers that would come in here so I really. My style of wrestling, this is an A, because uh, these it. guys uh, both basically main evented WrestleMania 20 in 2004, the year before, and Vince let them face each other here at uh, uh, ECW One Night Stand, which nothing screams louder that I'm done with you guys on the top level. Sorry, I hate to say that, like, but... This was a year after their their glory days. The titles were off them. Benoit lost his belt. Guerrero lost his belt, and um, it just wasn't their time anymore. You know, we got we got the the Eddie Guerrero and uh, Chris Benoit moment. moment. We all wanted. we got it, we, and you know them celebrating at the end of WrestleMania twenty, and that's it. And uh, like, yeah, I, I, not sad, sad to say, but not sad to say. Sad to say because I loved both these guys. Uh, you know, during the mid nineties when they were. Uh, just kind of discovered in American wrestling, especially Guerrero and Benoit. They were like my two sure. favorites, like for the most part of the new group that was coming in. And uh, all that stuff was great. And then watching these guys with their bodies beat up here and, and getting older past their primes in, in that sense. You know what I mean? Like as far as like the the 90s, even the Nitro era was kind of their prime. Uh, and then when they, we got them in WWE, they were a little bit slower. They were bulking up. I'm not saying they weren't great performers because Eddie is like on a, on a planet all his own, especially with his charisma. <laughs> but um, but like watching these guys get in there and try to grind it out and do wear down holds. And we were talking before we hit record. Guerrero's nose got busted open a little bit, probably either got scratched or he took a rough forearm from. But both these guys were like laying in their wear down holds and really like fucking each other up a little bit, like in tight quarters. And I love that yeah, style man, of wrestling. Snug. 
uh, just superplexes off the top rope. Just everything yep. was stiff and amazing and on point. And if they you want to watch two, each other in like a two minute span, just if you want to watch two mean. professional wrestlers just wrestle, that's all they did was just stiff wrestling. Uh, you know, the only way they know Big how, moves. like, uh, yeah. like just really good shit. Like, uh, I should have given in, in Jess's preference is an A plus. However, <laughs> within the show, I get it. Like, you know, it was kind of it was a tribute to this style and what these guys brought in in 95, 96 before they went to WCW. Uh, so I give I'll I'll stick with my B plus. Um, but I mean, it is everything you want in a pro you said it's wrestling, wrestling match. A, but you're giving yeah. the match a B plus. As much as uh, I'm crazy about Eddie Guerrero these days, it's all the credit of surviving three German suplexes and the suicide headbutt. And now, near fall attempt, nicely done by Eddie Guerrero. And here we go! Chris Benoit's looking for the crossface! He is looking for the crossface! He's got it! He's got it! Wrenching back on the head of Eddie Guerrero! He's got the right arm trapped! And for Guerrero to go! Willie Tapp! It's hooked in, and as you said, there does not appear to be an escape plan for Eddie Guerrero. He's a long way from those ropes. Your, your choice is to tap or have your neck broken. Eddie Guerrero either has to tap and swallow his pride or neck broken. He tapped, he tapped, he tapped. Eddie Guerrero tapped out. I uh, I'm, I'm I I go a different angle with it. I give it a B minus, um, but it's purely personal because, and I think I talked about it before we hit record. Um, Eddie Guerrero didn't look good to me, and um, wa- walking up, in the he, ring, he looked upset. He looked, he looked tired. Well, yeah. He looked upset. They both looked swollen. Um, they pressed each other a million times, and then I immediately Googled when did Eddie Guerrero pe- die, or I Googled Eddie Guerrero to see his death was, date. You knew it was this year. And then year. it was, I, I, I actually, I didn't, but then I saw Wikipedia, oh, then, then Google just said it was November 2005, so oh, four year. months after this. And then I Googled Benoit, and that was 2007. So I wanted to see where they were in their heads. Um, but despite all that, they still gave you an ECW type match, different than a kind of a cruiserweight different than a WWE style. They, uh, a super snug, but there was something a little bit off to me. It did uh, get better the longer than it went along. And I know, I think it was 11 minutes you said, Dave, but I was a bit immediately, immediately put off. And then I couldn't stop staring at Guerrero and it's not fair to him because I love him so much. To, I think to Jess see. talked about it before we started recording, Craig, he was too big. And then at the end, I think Guerrero didn't like the ending for some reason, and there was a very strange kind of. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know. He got caught in the crossface. Right? Yes, but yeah. the, there was a. The ending was a bit weird to me. So. Um, yeah. It was kind of abrupt. Like he just pulled him over, and then he put him in the crossface when he was by the rope. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Eddie's probably going to flip out of it a couple he held, times. He held it for a yeah. while. And then I was yeah. waiting Unless for the big they false finishes it. to happen. Yeah. Maybe they called it early. I don't know. And that pissed Eddie off. I was waiting something. for the false finishes to happen and stuff, but it didn't happen. And then, like, yeah. So it could. I think that's why I held back and I gave it a B plus. Like, it, that's a bad grade. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's why I held it back from an A because I was I was waiting for the false finishes a little bit. Maybe grow to get out of the cripple crossface a couple times and then try to get his move it's on more, and stuff. You'd argue that's more pure, man. Yeah. I just I wanted it, to hug yeah. Eddie Guerrero. I wanted to be like, it's going to be all right. I just I hope you're all right. And he's, he wasn't all right. I don't think he was all right he at all, all right. at this point. Well, he wasn't all right. And when he passed, then Benoit certainly was not all right. 
That's and that's what you're feeling mm. at this moment when you watch this match because you know what happens. Yeah, but in but, five months and then a year and a half later. But they wanted to give it their all in those eleven minutes, despite probably being great. absolutely busted and in pain and too big for their own body and frames, and still giving it for Paul and ECW. So, yep. Uh, Eric Bischoff decides he's going to take a massive turd on ECW <laughs> and all of its fans. Um, gives a great promo. I am the general manager of the greatest show on the planet um and i would never give you a job you piece of garbage um eric bischoff is great i I just jess talks about him more than we do and i think jess recognizes his talent more than most people but bischoff just knows how to be the jerk 99 percent of the time and that one percent when he finally gets his ass kicked and the payoff is there he knows that's where the money's at he just gets it but I ultimately don't care what anybody says. You could okay, I'll agree with you. It was luck. He's the only guy to ever beat Vince for two and a half years. The only oh guy. The only you know I, guy. You know I, like you know what I said. No one else luck, has man. done it. Nobody else in American wrestling has beaten Vince since he decided hard, to sink his claws in an eighty four. Hard work meeting opportunity is the pure definition of luck, and Eric worked his Fucking, ass off. But I'm not. I don't even agree. I think there was a lot of strategic stuff that he did. He's a smart Vince. dude. Yeah, but uh, but I mean, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I think his ultimate downfall was he didn't own the company. That's really his ultimate downfall. But at the same time, maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it would end the same way. But Amen. no one else, no other human being has ever or promotion has ever beaten Vince on American soil. Except you know, for Eric Bischoff you know the, for 83 weeks. The, and even longer closest, than that because he was competing with him before and after the 83-week point. So the, the for like three years, Bischoff was a monster. Thing, seriously, Sega defeating Nintendo for the first time is WCW defeating WWE. It, it's an absolute giant. It's it's in. It's no way it can lose. And you come in just being an asshole and making fun of them. and But also crippling them simultaneously at their weak spots that they don't even know they have. That's everything that Bischoff did. Sega made fun of, their, of, of the type of of the type of customers they had. They brought in more bloodier content. Mm-hmm. They brought in stuff that was more mature and brought in a different fan base. And then by then, when you baby, you bought Mortal brother, Kombat on Sega because you got the blood. You got the blood, you bro. Got the blood, and dude. then guess what? You bring in the you bring in the bigger, more more adultized fan into WCW, and you bring the little brother with you, and that's what they did. And it was it was calculated. It was sliced and diced. But on the outside, it was like, oh, I'm going to make fun of you. I'm the little guy. I'm like, no, we're going to take you. I got money now. Like, watch this. It, it's it's pure calculating. It's hard fucking work. Luck, the, 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 the definition of luck by Webster is not what the kind of luck that we're talking about. Like, And ironically, he used, he used most yeah. of the guys that you saw in this pay-per-view uh, to do it. All day, yeah, all day long. All these cruiserweights, yeah. Look, two of them are right behind you right Jericho, now. Jericho, Benoit, Guerrero, like all were yeah. a part of it. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Lance Storm was there, right? They Lance Storm for a little yeah. while later, yeah. A little while later. So, um, match number six. <laughs> this is this is the one. It's funny. I didn't grade it as high as some, but it's my God favorite it. match. I'm not sure if I can even explain it. Mike Awesome defeats Masato Tanaka in ten minutes. And by the way, Mike really is awesome. It's an A minus for me. I can't really explain why this classic ECW match is better than the Sabu match. The one thing that comes to my mind, there's just no interference, is my main reason. Mm. It's just, just these two guys beating the crap out of each other with steel chairs and finding phenomenal ways to bring huge bodies up and over the rope and destroying each other with steel or flesh. And 
the impact of these two impaling chairs and tables on each other. They let the ladders out, thank goodness. There was no TLC total here. It's probably, like I said, my favorite match of the night. Um, you guys get into the specifics of the moves, but I was glued to this match. It's, Regrettably, it's match I look back and, and the chair shots were ridiculous. And nowadays that yeah, wouldn't even fly. And there's a lot of stuff yeah. that we knew. Even though I look back when a lot of people say that, they're like, you know, it was a different time. I'm like, you mean you didn't know hitting someone in the face with a fucking steel <laughs> chair back then would hurt? Or fucking damage them? How do you not think that even back then? But for some reason, that yeah. was part of the fucking wrestling culture back then. Um, it was. I wrongfully gave this an A+. Uh, this fucking match, man, every time <laughs> I watch it, it's just fucking ridiculous. Like, it's the it's the most non-selling anti-thing that I say it. I yes. like about pro wrestling ever No psychology. It's for just some reason, beating the shit no out of No psychology, other. but for some <laughs> reason, when Tanaka and Mike Awesome got together throughout their career with each other, it's fucking gold, and yeah. I don't know how. And by the way, the crowd was hating Mike Awesome when he came out. There were people cussing his very life because if you don't know the story, he literally left and walked out on ECW while he was champion to sign a contract with WCW. When it's WCW, in the archives. Yeah, oh when Mike WCW awesome. was yeah. uh, in 2000 trying to get back up because WWE was beating him so bad at that point. So he walked out and Mike and uh, Joey Styles went off and fucking cursed him on there. And you see the people in the front row, every time Mike Awesome would roll out, they'd be like, fuck you! And point right to his face. People were Again. still Overmarked, bitter. man. Overmarked. Super bitter at him. I mean, it Watch was... the work. If you love DCW... Right. It's no, he's like, the bad guy. But, like, but unlike Mysterio and Psychosis, for some reason, these guys, about two minutes in, the crowd is like, we need to fucking buckle up, because these fucking guys are going to kill us and them, yeah. like, yeah. while they're and out here. Shut up and, and they just fucking... Right they tore the fucking house down. At the end, everybody was standing. Everybody was applauding. Everyone couldn't... Their mouths were wide open. Nobody could believe what they just saw. The ending sequence where he power bombs Tanaka over the top rope through a table and then decides to jump over the top rope onto the rubble and pin him outside was something to this day, no matter how many times I've seen it or I know it's coming, I still go, oh my god! Like, yeah. I just laugh so fucking no. hard. And they like, never got time. a good angle of the jump outside. No. So yeah, they missed it. This is their deal. Tables are their deal. And a, a plus, I, I could go on forever. A plus. Go ahead, Craig. This is fucking amazing. This match just to this day. I, again, I don't condone the headshots for, but I mean, I, no. I, if I'm just going to get in a time capsule, this fucking match is just beautiful. Yeah. It's and, all beautiful. It's and real quick yeah. on that dive, he uh, he had a huge deep gash on his knee or leg. Like he gets up and his walk back to the aisle, he pulls down his knee pad and he's like, he's bleeding and he mentioned something and apparently like it was cut really deep from the table, but yeah. he did that. So... Yeah, I just give it a straight up A. Everything just and said. And both guys passed their prime just saying, fuck it. 
They're both yeah. past their prime at this point. They're like, fuck it, we don't care. And they just, they delivered probably, I can't say it was their best match, but it was their most polished match out of all yeah. their matches well, I saw them have. After all the in matches. In Japan and in ECW. After all these matches on pay-per-view uh, on this night, this was the greatest and most memorable. So they fucking insane. They, they just kind of gave it everything they had. Uh, and it was With fantastic. two guys that were probably say. not known from the American wrestling audience at all, hardly, except for ECW fans. Like, that's, right, nobody sure. knew who they were. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Just beautiful. Um, Paul Heyman decides to come out and really uh, get the crowd riled up. I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but this is where I thought some of our partners would love to come out and talk about just things that Paul Heyman said that were kind of fun and maybe spark some real controversy later. Uh, one thing I remember specifically was, hey, JBL, you know the only reason why you've been a champ for over a year on SmackDown is because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. Beautiful. And JBL sells it like a punk. Oh my god! He my does. Lord. Instead of just like, eating it and getting mad, like he tried to rub it off and like, like oh, like, yeah, oh. From all of us, just to you, since you want to shoot, cowboy. The only reason you are WWE champion for a year is because Triple H didn't want a Tuesday. It's well, like, Edge yeah, did the same thing. Hate, Edge did the same I thing. I have that too. Edge too. He's like, I got two words for you, Matt freaking Hardy, and they go, "That's three though." And spits yeah. the beer out. Yeah, he spits his beer out, and and he did, and he's right though. I mean, it's like you know, don't let yourself be diffused. And I think Paul Heyman got emotional, like when he was saying it. He was like, "I got two words for you, Matt freaking Hardy," and then right away, Edge is like, "That's three That's though. Three That's words. three words." They're yeah. like, ah. Has the balls to say this to you, but I have two words for you, Matt Freaking Hardy. I would have liked to see both guys sell it and get angry, like fake angry, and sell it instead of like blowing it off like they did or joking it off. Yeah, like it didn't affect them. But I guess, yeah, I don't know. It was, fine. it was fine. You know what? ECW was a little bit more about realism and grit anyway, so I think selling it like heels would have been very WWE-like, and I think that Heyman probably... I'm not saying... I'm, I'm sure he told them what he was going to say, but he's just like, you guys just react the way you think you would react. Like, so they did. They reacted the way that they would react. And, like, in the realm of the card, it didn't matter. I mean, yeah, so it, right. I'll, I'll put a lot of audio clips in here um, of the JBL one especially or whatever, so that way people can listening can get the yeah, hear that, yeah. full effect, yeah. Final match. But it was, basically, it was basically just Paul Heyman coming out saying thank you. Like yeah, you know, yeah, and he, he yeah. did a great job because of you guys. Because the DVD it. did so well, that's the reason why we're here right now. We're being given a chance by the WWE to come out here and perform for you one more time. So it was awesome. Yep. Match number seven, final match of the night. The Dudley Boys defeated the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer in an eleven-minute tag team match. Um, I, I couldn't. You know, Actually, it was, it was almost like forty minutes and eleven minutes, really. Or, yeah, the, or 30 minutes and 11 Because they threw it's, everybody in there. Just Incredible yeah. ran in on the, I, here. And, I, like, they I'll had be a straight up. Of, I, I don't even have a grade for it. It's a big cluster at the very beginning. And at the end, every wrestler without a match gets a payday here. Um, Jess, I'll, I'm going to let you kind of... I gave it... Uh, try, I, try to I gave put it this a, cluster I don't together. know. I, I gave it like a B-. I almost gave it a C+. It's just... 
the Mike, the, the Tanaka and Mike Awesome match is my cup of tea if you're not going to give me traditional wrestling because I just love it. But this match sure. was just a little bit of I, this was really ECW. This was what they did. It was just violence, cheese graters. This uh, is the part that I'm not a fan. I, of. I do have to say though, if I had to grade it on uh, the entrance alone, Sandman's entrance, which you don't get to hear, oh, Sandman it's fantastic on the network, unfortunately. But when he came, when I watch this on pay per view, and if you bought the DVD after it came out, it came out Sandman, Sandman. This was just fucking. You know, I got, I've always maintained this. It's Undertaker's entrance and Sandman. And I know people are going to be like, what? And I'm like, no, it's fucking... It's true. Sandman's entrance. He's such a garbage pro wrestler. But, like, his entrance and his aura is fucking amazing. It just, it's... Nobody embodies the ECW lifestyle more than this Everyone in that Dude. building was chanting at entertainment, even though you had this shitty, like, corny music piped over it. Sure, um, sure. was just fucking amazing. Even even uh, Joey Styles was like, look at this crowd. Like, he was yeah, just at all up. the massive yeah. reactions all night, and the crowd was fucking on their feet all night and loud. It sucks and, on the like, network. This... It's like it, they don't even have the yeah. entertainment chants. It's some Muzak version. It's like when you go to a – you yeah. accidentally buy a CD of, like, In the Sounds of Metallica, and you actually get yeah. a, a CD that it's, like, cover bands. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty terrible, but like McKellar Khan, but it kind yeah. of <laughs> it, it ruins <laughs> what was probably something really, really special. I would really like to see the original Enter Sandman if, entrance. like that entrance playing into the whole beginning or whatever. Yeah. Maybe Catch I would have went higher, but and the Dudley Boys coming in was awesome because they're an ECW staple, sure. And uh, so yeah. was Tommy Dreamer, especially Tommy Dreamer. So was Sandman, yeah. and so it was Tommy awesome. Dreamer they had just incredible, just incredible ran in there, uh, uh. Uh, McGillicuddy ran in there. Um, uh, not Don Marie, but who was the other one, Craig? Francine. Thank you. Francine came in there. They did their cat Steve. fight, which was a tribute to the, what, when they had a feud back then and, and all that. So Chris was, Cash or cool. someone? There's a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. It was all just run-ins. Yeah, uh, uh, Chris Cash came in there. Uh, Kid Cash. Kid, me, Cash Kid Cash, sorry, Chris yeah. Cash. Uh, Kid Cash came in there. So, yeah, there was a lot of stuff. They were just, again, this was like the fireworks at the end of a fireworks show, like the, the grand finale. Yeah, yeah. Blue w this was Blue into... W.O. this match or another match when they interfered? No, B.W.O. came no, out at the beginning of this in, match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. B.W.O. came out at the beginning of this match. Well. So they just right. they crammed everything in here. So it was, again, uh, for an ECW fan, super nostalgic. For me, giving it a grade, B-. Um, yeah. But uh, because it was hard hitting and there was some yeah. shit that they were doing in there. And I was like, good God, man. After everything I've seen Great tonight, job. some of the matches, some of the moves still made me go, yeah. oh, um, Dudley's were awesome. And they win. And then at the end, yeah. uh, Steve Austin comes out who, you know, again, I, I love Hogan as far as like legacy is concerned and all that stuff. But really, when you look at it, like what other crowd would ECW will shit on anybody? Uh, if if it if they feel you're not authentic to the ECW brand, they will shit on you if they feel Steve Austin is probably the most like WWE character ever, like in the sense because Instant like he pop. was anti-establishment, but he was marketed that. 
But the fact that he made the stop through, like we talked about earlier, Mick Foley, the Steiner brothers, Steve Austin, all came in in between before they bridged to the other promotions. Sure. They stopped in yeah. ECW, and Steve Austin was able to kind of like do shoot promos because Heyman was like, just say what you want. Are you mad? Yeah. Just, okay, then be mad. Go out there and say what you're mad about. Well, what say do I what talk you're about? Mad about? I don't know. Say what you're mad. Just talk about what you want to talk about. Talk about Hogan. I don't care. Like, and so he did. And so the place went nuts when he came out there. And to see him, this total WWE branded guy, like get that pop from ECW crowd, I, to this day, I even go like, oh, fuck. Austin was something special. Like, he really was. And, like, uh, yeah. and this was past his, you know, expiration date as well, unfortunately, and everything. So he came out there and he got all the ECW locker room to empty Wearing out an XFL jersey, by the way. Yeah, he was, the Outlaws. And then pointed up to the balcony and told SmackDown and Raw to get your asses down here. You guys have been talking big shit all night. If you want to come down here, let's fight in this ring right now. And yes, then, uh, and he's like, if you don't come back in there, we'll come up there. I'm going to count it, you know, backwards from 10. He started counting backwards from 10. They all came down. Everybody brawled on the ring. This is also the controversial moment where uh, JBL punched the Blue Meanie in the face for real because so some, something that Blue Meanie did pissed JBL off in here. So, and that's a story for another time, but this is legendary for that reason. It's also so in our archives. Wrestling the ECW really kind of runs everybody off, and then uh, ECW stand in proud, and Austin drinks beer with the Sandman and the ECW locker room, and they go off the air. And it was and an amazing stuns show. No. Yeah, it sends them all. <laughs> and fun fact, apparently, uh, I, was, I was doing some research today, and there was an, uh, a moment in the script which was never put on pay-per-view where backstage it cuts to McMahon and Heyman, and McMahon says simply, maybe EZW's not dead after all, Paul. And that actually, really? wow. yeah, that actually never uh, made it. They never filmed it. Um, yeah, and never Vince did it. Like, Vince is like, no. But that was, and I don't know why it wasn't or, or whatever, but I, oh, I know I'll why. just simply give it a, an A. <laughs> well, Paul. Just quintessential uh, okay, ECW. Sure, and, Go ahead. Straight up, Craig, does anybody on here not give it the whole pay per view an A? At this oh, point? I give it a total A. No. This whole God, it was fucking beautiful. I'm all, no, I, a total they, F. This it, is was a complete, it, it was a complete <laughs> schmoz, garbage. but that's everything like. It involved it was the so entire well done, roster. You know, it like, was so like sharing credit, but that final actually match itself was so bloody and violent. And it, it that was, was an, so ECW. The heart of ECW yeah. was Tommy Dreamer, and he got his moment, got to hug his wife as he's just bleeding like a stuck pig. Oh. And cheese graters, and then the violence against <laughs> women, which would graters. never fly now, but it was true ECW. So, and by the way, Vince McMahon is in gorilla position in this entire pay per view. Um, Paul Heyman's next to him, but McMahon is in gorilla position. So they're doing this together. So kudos yeah. to McMahon for like um, just letting Paul be Paul and booking it in the strangest way possible and letting it be easy to because it was because the certainly one after this one uh, a year later was not. I don't think Heyman was involved in that. This was no. this was pure bliss. It was no awesome. Heyman was involved in 06, but he but became. He's once they started the series on sci-fi, he became less involved because he yeah. got pissed off. Yeah. The, the yeah, 06 one-night exactly. stand was a good, solid show, by the way, but it was not on but the level not. of this at it's all. Yeah. Not even close to this. Yeah. This, this is just awesome. Just a yeah, overall. Go, go watch. If you, if you, go watch it. Even if you haven't watched it in years or you think you know, just go watch it. Like I said earlier to this day, this is one of my, my favorite pay-per-views ever. One of the best pay-per-views I've ever seen. There you go. For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. And you give us a song on social media and give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. For Craig and Jess, this is Dave with the OWP signing off. Have a good one.